So, we're going to talk today about commandment number six. So, read with me here. It's a very short commandment, okay? It's literally four words. Chapter 20, verse 13, okay? Ready? Check us out. I don't even need to look, but I will. It says this. You must not. Everybody say not. That's the important word in this commandment. You must not murder. All right? You must not murder. Now, I could stop the sermon now and be like, let's pray. Okay, that could be the end of the sermon, but we're going to keep going. Now, when we read that, most people universally can agree murder equal bad. Okay? Murder, no bueno. Murder is not a good thing. If you are hanging out with someone... And they're like, you know what, I don't think lying's that bad. You'd be like, eh, okay, like, I disagree with you, but whatever. But if you're hanging out with someone, and they go, you know what, I don't think murder is a bad thing. You know what you would do? You'd be like, okay, just, okay. Right! You would be like, I don't want to be your friend anymore if you don't think murder is a bad thing, okay? It's hard to find people that don't think murder is a bad thing. And if they do, you usually don't want to be their friend anymore. Or you don't want to be around them anymore. Or usually they're locked in prison, hopefully, Okay? Murder is something we usually universally agree is a bad thing. Murder is also something that people look at this list of commandments and they go, all right, lying. Well, I've lied before in my life. Honoring my father and mother. Well, I haven't always honored my father and mother, okay? Well, I haven't always, you know, I've stolen a couple things here and there. But you know what I haven't done? You know what I have not done? I have not killed someone. I thought about my little brother. But I didn't do it, okay? I have not murdered anyone. Gold star for Barrett. Did not murder anyone. Check, okay? I'm 0 for 9, but I am 1 for 1 on this commandment. Didn't murder anyone. Woo! Go Barrett. You know what I mean? People look at these commandments, and this is the one they know. They're going to at least get this one right, Okay? And murder, just so we're working on the same definition here, murder is to unjustly or unlawfully kill another human being. And those words, unjustly and unlawfully, are important to remember. Because some people have asked me, well, isn't murder every time you kill somebody? Like, is every time you kill somebody murder? And the answer is no, and I want to explain that just so we're clear, okay? There are some circumstances where you may have a just cause or a lawful cause to take someone's life. For example, if there is a situation where there is a war, and it is a just war, if there is an evil empire, an evil dictator, and they are murdering, and they are doing things that are evil and crimes against humanity, perhaps they are enslaving people, or perhaps they are murdering, okay? There needs to be other people, other nations, that rise up and say, hey, this is wrong, this is evil, and we need to fight against them. They might take up weapons, and soldiers might have to fight against that evil, and even kill to stop that evil. And in that situation, that is not murder, because they are fighting a just war to stop that evil. That is not murder. In another situation, there might be a lawful situation where someone might have to kill. A a law enforcement officer, maybe a man or woman, might have to step in. And they might have to take someone's life, a criminal's life, who has done something wrong. Maybe there's a hostage situation, and they need to take a criminal's life. And so in that situation, to save an innocent person's life, they need to take a life. And in that situation, it is a lawful time where they are killing someone. Now in both these situations, again, just to throw this out there, we need to examine very carefully 
if you are ever in a position where you're a soldier or a law enforcement officer, please examine every time you pick up a weapon, is my cause just? Am I doing this for the right reasons? Is this fight that I'm doing right? And am I taking this life for the right reason? And if not, you need to throw it on your weapon and you need to get out of there. Because that is a very serious thing that you are doing. It is a very serious thing that you're doing. And also what we need to understand is this. Power can be abused. People can fight wars and they can be unjust wars. And law enforcement can abuse their power and they can take life and cannot be for the right reasons. And they can do it in a wrong way. So just because someone does it and their police officer doesn't mean they're always right. So we need to understand, we need to understand that it needs to be in a just and a lawful way. And we as a society need to hold people accountable. So I just wanted to throw that out there, that murder is to unjustly or unlawfully kill someone. So we can talk about that more afterwards. If you have any questions, please come up to me. I'd love to talk about that more afterwards. But to talk more about murder, you might be saying, well, Barrett, you know what? I don't know if this sermon applies to me necessarily because you know what? Uh, I ain't murdered nobody. Woo! You know what? I mean, that doesn't really apply to me. Like people in middle school, you know, that's not really something we have to have like a character week about. Like, hey, today's character study is don't murder people, okay? Because we don't really struggle with that in middle school that much. So why are we talking about this commandment? Why do we even need to do a sermon on this? Let's just keep moving on to the next one. Well, here's why we need to talk about it. While we, while we may not physically deal with murder, Jesus raised the bar where he said, listen, I expect more from you as Christians. Not only should you not physically murder people, but I'm expecting more from you. Listen to what he said. Matthew chapter 5, verse 21 and 23. Jesus spoke and said this. You have heard that it was said to those of old, you shall not murder. And whoever murders is liable of judgment. But I say to you that anyone who is angry with his brother, anybody who is angry with his brother, is liable of judgment. And whoever insults his brother, anybody who insults his brother, is liable to counsel. And whoever says, you fool, is liable of the fires of hell. So here's what Jesus is basically saying. He's like, look, it is a sin to murder, okay, to physically take someone's life. We get that, right? Without just cause, that is murder, in a sin. But I'm also going to say this. It is also a sin in a similar way. It is like murdering someone in your heart if you have hatred towards someone else. It is a similar thing if you have hatred in your heart towards someone else. It is as if you're murdering them in your heart. In the same way, it is as if, if you have in your heart, I'm sorry, if you insult someone else, then it is as if you're murdering them with your lips, with your words. Or if you call them names, if you throw insults and words at them and call them names, it is as if you're murdering them with your lips. So here's what I want you guys to do, okay? You guys thought that you had never broken the commandment of do not murder, okay, because you never killed anyone. But Jesus just raised the bar to if you've ever had hatred in your heart towards somebody else, or if you've ever insulted someone else or called them a name. So, that means that you've murdered them in your heart or with your mouth. So, do me a favor, okay? If you have ever had hatred in your heart towards a person, or you have spoken an insult towards a person, or called someone a name, I need you to raise your hand. 
Okay, that means that either in your heart or with your words, you've murdered someone. Okay, this room is full of murderers. This is great. All right, this is great. Well, the one commandment we thought we could, you know, do well on, we were wrong, okay? Basically, what that means is this. In our hearts or with our lips, we still struggle with some of the issues that are at the root of this problem. They're at the root of this problem. Now, again, this is not the same thing as murdering. Obviously not. And they have different punishments, of course. I'm not saying that they're the same thing. But what I am saying is this. It is still a sin to hold hatred in your heart towards someone else. And it is still a sin to hurl insults or call someone names. So today what I want us to talk about is this. Maybe something that's more relevant than physically murdering someone. Today I want to talk about insults, name calling, and having hatred towards somebody else. Today I want to talk about bullying and what that looks like in middle school. Now I know what you're thinking. Maybe you're like, well, Barrett, come on, dude. I've sat through entire weeks in middle school where we talk about bullying seminars, okay? I feel like I, I, I always hear about, you know, cyberbullying, and I always hear about bullying. Like, wh- why are we talking about this again? Well, here's why, okay? Jesus has something to say about bullying. He has something to say about bullying that maybe you haven't heard before. And if Jesus taught a bullying seminar, what would he say? Maybe he has something to say that you've never heard before, or maybe he has something to say that you're not even allowed to hear in your public schools. So I wanted to share with you what Jesus might say if he taught a bullying seminar. The words that he might speak. So, if Jesus taught a bullying seminar, there are three different groups of people that he might address. Because when there's bullying that takes place, there's three groups of people that hear the bullying. Or that are engaged in the bullying. The first person that Jesus would address, or might address, would be the bully. And to the bully, Jesus would say this, love one another. To the bully, Jesus would say, love one another. Let me explain. Um, There's different kinds of bullying that takes place. There's different forms of bullying that takes place. There's verbal bullying. You can abuse someone or or, or bully someone with your words. Maybe it's teasing, maybe it's name-calling or or taunting or inappropriate uh, uh, sexual comments. Maybe it's threatening language. You know, it starts off small when you're like a little kid bullying. You know, maybe like you're really little and like in second grade and it starts off like really small or like you'll have little kids and they'll be like, Hey, hey, you're you're a stupid face. Got him, yeah. And the other kid's like, yeah, you got him, dude. And then the kid's over here, he's like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, you're a, you're a lame head. <laughs> and they're like going back and forth with these insults. And you know, we laugh about it now. Like, dude, that's like the dumbest thing ever. Like, if you call a kid lame head in high school, like middle school, like people are like, who are you? Like, what grade are you in, dude? Like, what? Like, you would actually be made fun of for that. But check us out. When you're in elementary school, those words hurt, right? Those words actually bother us. Those words sting. Those verbal insults. And they scar us. I'll tell you this. I don't remember all the conversations that I had when I was in middle school. But I remember word for word the insults that were spoken to me by people that bullied me. Word for word. I remember the names that I was called. 
They are crystal clear in my mind years later. Bullies can be verbal in the insults they have. Bullies can be social. Maybe they can purposefully leave people out or pick people last for a game or maybe exclude them from a, a table at lunch or for a conversation or from a party. And the goal is to, to purposefully, not accidentally, because sometimes this maybe you just feel left out by accident, but purposefully make someone feel like they are on the outside of a group or a social setting. You can physically bully someone by, by hitting them or spitting on them or tripping them or pushing them or, or pulling their hair or with hand gestures or, or stealing them or, or stealing their stuff or maybe messing up with their locker or their backpack or their personal property. Bullying can literally physically hurt or be insulting and it can leave physical scars. There's also cyberbullying and that's like a buzzword now that everybody's talking about cyberbullying. Um, but cyberbullying is one of the more cowardly ones. You know, I've seen on Instagram, I've actually, because we have the middle school Instagram account, I've literally seen this take place where like a middle school boy will post, hey, I'm hanging out at Lee, uh, playing some basketball, and I've literally seen other middle school boys comment, and they're like, dude, you are garbage at basketball. Like, why are you even playing? You didn't even make the t- travel team. And they literally comment, and it's like, why would you feel the need to insult someone else's skills at adding basketball. Like, why? Or I, I've seen, I, actually, I, I shouldn't say I've seen this, but, but girls will post a picture on Snapchat, and other girls will message them mean things about the picture they posted, or comment cruel things about their outfit or their appearance. Why? Why would you feel the need to insult their appearance? Or to downgrade them. And let me say this too. It is the most cowardly form of bullying. Because you don't even have the guts to say it to their face. To take the consequences of it. Or maybe they'll even be more cowardly and create a spam account. Because they don't have the guts to put their name next to the bullying. And they send it as if they're, it's, a, it's an anonymous bully or an anonymous insult. Because they don't have the guts to put their name next to it. That's just even the worst. Because that person's a coward. Cyberbullying is a problem too, but with all of this, it has incredible damage. Did you know that 160,000 children do not go to school each day of the week, school week, because they are so bothered by bullying? They're so bothered by bullying, maybe afraid of bullying or depressed by bullying. 160,000 students stay at home because they're bothered by it. And as I said earlier, people carry the scars and the memories of bullying with them. So Jesus looks at those who are bullies. If he was able to speak to you, maybe if you're in this room and you bully, there's two things going on here. Um, two, Two things going on. One, you don't know you're bullying, and I hope this is the case. I hope you're just oblivious. Like you don't know you're bullying and you're just oblivious. So I hope this is waking you up here. Okay, and I'm just asking you to to recognize what's going on, to recognize your words are, are cutting people and hurting people and their emotions. I hope you're waking up here a little bit. And I, I hope that Jesus will be able to wake you up to the truth of what's happening here. That people 
have a soul, an eternal soul, which rests in the caverns of their chest, just the same as you have an eternal soul which rests in your chest. That they have feelings and emotions and pains and problems, and you are literally heaping more problems onto their life which they don't need. You're doing it for what? Why? Your amusement? So you feel better about yourself? Is that where you are in your life that you need to feel better about yourself by literally causing another human being pain? Is that what your existence on this planet is about? Or worse, maybe it's not that you don't know that you're causing them pain. Worse, and this is even hard to fathom, maybe you just don't care. Maybe you're aware that you're causing people pain, and you're like, I don't care. Yeah, I'm hurting them. Um, causing them damage, you know, maybe bothering them, they cry, doesn't bother me. I'm, I'm trying to figure out, like, is it because you are so in pain yourself? Like, you have that much trouble, and if that's the case, I'm praying for you. Like, you have that much hurt in your life, and I'm praying for healing for you. Or, or maybe you're so selfish and self-consumed, and, and you need healing from that. But what's going on in your heart that you would not care about another human being enough that you would pain them in such a way? But to you, Jesus speaks and he says this to the bully, love one another. Love one another. That's what Jesus speaks to the bully. Now, if I had a chance to speak that to every bully in the world, I would. If Jesus had a chance to speak to every bully in the world, he would. But even if that opportunity was given, bullying would not stop. And even though they have all the seminars in the world, at public school and private school or whatever, it doesn't stop, does it? No. So here's what has to happen. We still need to be prepared. How are we going to deal with bullying if we become victimized? If we become attacked, what are we going to do? Jesus also has words for those of us who are a victim of being bullied. If we are attacked by bullying, what are we going to do? So to the victim, Jesus says this. To the victim, Jesus says, forgive one another. Forgive one another. Now I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, if I was a victim, that's not what I wanted to hear. Okay? I wanted Jesus to say, to the victim, Jesus says, punch the bully in the face. Okay, to the victim, Jesus says, I will strike them down with lightning and fury and drown them in the Red Sea, thus saith the Lord. Okay, that's maybe what you were like, I want to hear that, amen, okay? Where is that Bible verse? I want to memorize that one and get that tattooed on my arm, but you know what I mean? Like, that is awesome, okay? But that's not what Jesus would say. Jesus would say to the victim, Jesus says, forgive one another, forgive one another. Check this out. If someone hates you and you hate them back, if someone insults you and you insult them back, you are just returning their sin with sin. You are returning their insult with insult. You're matching evil with evil. We cannot do that. We cannot do that. We need to match it with good. Uh, we need to forgive so we need to be able to say, look, though this person might hate me, because of Jesus and because he loved me, I'm able to love this person though they hate me. I'm able to love this person though they insult me. I'm able to 
be able to forgive this person and not hold a grudge and burn with anger against them, but forgive them. Now let me give you some practical things here, okay? I'm not saying that if someone insults you and bullies you, okay, what you're supposed to do is just be like, okay, well, I forgive you, okay? And so I'm just going to curl into a ball here and just sit here in a ball while you insult me and beat me up and punch me and kick me. I'm just going to sit here in a ball, okay? Have fun. You just do your thing. Okay, I'm not saying that you're supposed to do that if you're getting bullied, okay? Please don't do that, okay? Don't curl into a ball, okay, while people kick you and laugh at you and spit on you, okay? If people are insulting you, don't be like, all right, come on. Also, my nose is big. Come on, let's go. You know, I don't do that. Actually, sometimes that does work. I have noticed when people bully me, like used to bully me, uh, they'd be like, your nose is big. I'm like, I know, right? It's like you could fit a grapefruit up here. And they're like, yeah, you could. I'm like, I know. And they're like, oh. I'm like, yeah. Hi, I'm Barrett. You know what I mean? Like, and they just literally like run out of things to do. And then they're like, well, you have big feet too. I know, right? I could put flippers on here. And they're like, darn it. They're like, you're better at doing this than I am. I'm like, I know. Hi, I'm Barrett. And I'm like, hi, I'm Barrett. It, it, it just, it doesn't really work when they do it, but I just, you know, but if you insult them, they're just going to keep insulting you, and it just doesn't, it's a cycle, but that's one way I deal with it. Anyway, moving on. Another way you can, you know, deal with it is to return it with kindness, and it just literally bothers people. Um, I talked to a girl who, like, baked brownies for a group, and I'm like, that's that's one way to deal with it. That's kind of weird. I don't think they would eat them, because they probably think you poisoned them, but whatever. Moving on. One practical thing you need to do, okay? And I mean this. You need to tell somebody and get help if you're being bullied. Tell somebody. Some, a girl came up to me and she said, hey, um, I'm being bullied and I feel like God isn't helping. God isn't there. And I said, well, have you told anyone but me? And she goes, well, no. I'm like, how long have you been bullied? And she goes, for months. And I go, let me get this straight. You haven't told anybody for months? She goes, no. And I go, hold on. Tell your parents. And then they're going to talk to, you know, your school teacher, talk to your school teachers, and then come back to me. So she did that, came back to me, and she goes, hey, like, you know, it worked a lot. Like, it wasn't, isn't perfect. It's still something we're working on, but it helped a lot. And I go, I know, because God wants to help you. And sometimes, not always, sometimes the way he helps you is through the people that are around you. Sometimes the way he heals you are through the doctors that are in your life. That's the way he sometimes heals you, okay? And sometimes the way he can help deliver you from your bullying are from the teacher's are from the parents you have, or from the youth pastor you have. If you're dealing with bullying in this place, come and tell me. It will stop, or they will feel my wrath, okay? I don't have lightning bolts, but they will feel wrath, okay? They will feel thunder and lightning, and okay? It's going to be bad. Okay, so please tell me. I'd love to deal with that, okay? Especially ladies of a bo- boys bothering you, I can break them, literally, okay? Oh, man. All right, moving on. Sorry, I'm getting angry just thinking about it. <laughs> Whew. Jesus, we love you. Okay, maybe I'm sorry. Anyway, tell somebody. Please tell somebody because the Lord wants to deliver you and he can help by telling somebody. I know maybe you've told people in the past and it hasn't worked, but continue to share that with people and they can help, okay? Also know that you have the right to defend yourself. Not retaliate, but defend yourself. Let me explain that. Somebody insults you, I'm not telling you to defend yourself by insulting them back. What I'm telling you is if a bully insults you, say, hey, why are you insulting me exactly? Like, what are you doing? Why are you, you insulted me and called me a big nose? Why are you doing that? Like, do you have, like, nothing better to do? Like, uh, like, 
what's going on in your life? That, like, are you bored? Or like, is, do you have homework to do? Or like, what's going on with you? Like, like is it a Friday? And you just got like nothing going on? Like, just nobody blowing up your phone? Or like, like, ask them, hey, why are you doing this? Like, what's going on? Challenge the bully. Stand up for yourself. There's nothing wrong with doing that. I had somebody be like, hey, so at what point can I start punching someone? And I'm like, okay, you're asking the wrong question, okay? The goal is not to be like, when can I start hitting them? Please, Jesus, when can I start punching them? The goal is not to ask that question, okay? That's not the point. The point is not to get into a fight, okay? If somebody walks up and shoves you, I can be like, okay, well, that was lame. I'm just going to walk away now. Goodbye. <laughs> that's like, that, not the situation. Now, if somebody is literally, you're like getting punched repeatedly, you are literally allowed to defend yourself and be like, hey, uh, stop. Like, you're allowed to do something to stop that action, but I want you to recognize something here, okay? We are, you are a son or a daughter of the king. You are not a victim, right? You are a son and a daughter of the most high God. You are not a victim, but you are also not an abuser, and you are not called to beat people up, and you are not called to verbally beat people up. All right? So find that balance. Find that balance. And finally, Jesus speaks to a third group of people. Because he speaks to the bully. He speaks to the victim. Oh, I will say this before I keep going. Hold on one second. To the victim, Jesus also says this. um, Any hurt that you have from being bullied, give that to the Lord. He can heal that. If you have any insecurity about like, man, maybe I've started to believe this lie that I'm not good at sports or that I am maybe a dork, a dweeb, or maybe that I don't look beautiful, or I I believe these lies that people have spoken over me, or I believe that I'm not valuable or important because other people have imposed that on me. Do not believe that filth and that lie that has been spoken over you. I just want to release you from that in the name of Jesus Christ. That is not who you are. You are not defined by what other people say about you. You are defined by what God says about you. For God created you. And if he says you have worth, he knows it because he gave you worth. He made you. If he says you have strength, you have strength because he gave you strength and made you with it. If he says you have courage, you have courage because he gave you with the capacity to have courage. And that person cannot speak over you. You are weak. And make you weak. You can only give them the power to make you weak. Do not give them that power to control you, to own you in such a way. Break those bonds in the name of Jesus and live up to the potential that God has called you to be. Please recognize that He can heal you. Moving forward, though, to this final group. There's the bully, then there's the victim. And maybe you're thinking, well, I, you know, I really haven't struggled with being a bully. Um, and I really, I, I actually haven't been bullied that much in my life. Like, I'm trying to think, I really haven't been bullied that much. Then you fall into maybe a third category, and that's the bystander. Maybe you have just been witnessing bullying. And to you, to the bystander, Jesus says, defend one another. Defend one another. Isaiah chapter 1 verse 17 says this. Learn to do what is right. Seek justice and defend 
the oppressed. You are called and bound by God to do what is right. You are called and bound by God to defend those who are oppressed, who are being done wrong. Do you know that 80% of middle schoolers, when they witness bullying, do nothing? Nothing. Sometimes they chuckle or they laugh or join in, but 80% of middle schoolers do nothing. In this room, with middle schoolers that are in our youth group, I want 100% of middle schoolers that are in our youth group to step in and defend people that are being bullied. To ask the question, hey, why are, you, why are you picking on this person? What's going on? If you see physical bullying going on, be like, hey, stop, this is going to stop right now. Enter in. And you're like, well, I'm afraid. What if they start bullying me? So what? You're defending that person. At least they're not being bullied, and you can share in that with them. And people are like, well, well what are you going to do? Tattle? Be like, yeah, I'm going to go tell somebody. I'm going to stop you right now, punk. Okay, don't say punk. But, you know, step in and be like, hey, absolutely, I'm going to go tell somebody because you are not going to do this right now. Well, I'm going to tell somebody and you're going to be a snitch. Okay, call me a name. I don't care. But you're not going to pick on this person. You are not going to, I, I, I am willing to be called a name to stop the abuse that this person is taking. Do you realize that? Your fear of being called a name is causing someone else to be in pain right there. Because you are afraid of being called a name or afraid of what somebody might think, you're allowing that person to be in pain. Do not be controlled by fear. Be led by love. Be driven by each step, by courage, by love, by the Spirit. But do not allow yourself to be conducted or led by fear. That is not who you are called to be. Young men, young women, that is not who you were created to be. You are bigger than that. You are bolder than that. To the bystander, Jesus says, defend one another. Defend one another. And if you stand together, you can end this. I think of those 160,000 middle schoolers and elementary school kids and high school kids that because they're bullied, stay home. And if other kids stood up for them, I think that number would drop dramatically. And they'd come back to school and feel welcome. Stand up for the oppressed. Stand strong for them. Just to walk through these again. To the bully, Jesus looks at you and he says, listen, I still love you, okay? I don't love you any less than anyone else on this list. Okay, I love the victim actually just as much as I love the bully. I don't love one of you more or less than the other. But to the bully, I look at you and I say this, I challenge you, love one another, for I loved you, and I love you right now. So practice that love. Don't insult my children. You're looking at my children, my daughters, my sons, and you're hurling insults at them, or you're physically beating them up, or you're posting rude things about them. Why? Love them as I love them. To the victim, I say this, look, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. I know that these bullies are being rude to you, but just please don't return their hatred with hatred. Forgive them. And know that I'm here to help any way I can. I, I'm here to heal the wounds that have been inflicted upon you. I'm here to, to help. Pray to me. 
and seek out the protection that I put around you with teachers and, and um, youth leaders and parents. And know that I'm always here for you, even when you feel alone. And to the bystander, Jesus says this, defend one another. I've given you strength and I've given you courage. Now go and use it and protect those who might be feeling weak or down on themselves. Stand up and stand strong and tall and do not be led by fear, but be led by courage in every step. This is what I've called you to be, dear children. This is what it would sound like if Jesus taught a bullying seminar. I challenge you to walk each and every day and be led by this. Be led by love. Let's pray. Father God, I ask, Father God, I pray for those right now that are afflicted by bullying. I pray right now for those that are victims of bullying. I pray, Lord, that they would realize that they are not alone, that you care for them and you love them. That you would heal up any wounds that are there. Help them to see, Lord, that you care for them and others care for them. And they would get the help that they need and reach out have the courage, because sometimes it's scary to reach out and tell somebody, but they'd have the courage to tell somebody what they're going through and realize that it's, they're not the only one, that other people struggle with it as well. I pray, Lord, also for people that are bullying, that you would convict them in their hearts, they would realize what they're doing is wrong, and they would stop. They would become aware of your love for them, and because of that, they would cease, and they would turn from their ways. And they would repent, Lord. I pray also for anybody in this room who witnesses bullying, that they would be bold and stand up, stand strong for you. We love you, God. It's the name of your son, Jesus, we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen.